Hello, and welcome back to the Conscious Contact Podcast. My name is Janae Peavy, and I am your host. And today, I probably sound like I am still sick, because I am. I had a wonderful sinus infection that put me out of commission for a whole week, and I'm still a little snotty, congested, all of that. So I apologize if I sound a little odd today. But uh, yeah, I wanted to touch on a couple of things that I've been ruminating on because laying on the couch for a week at a time, it does give you quite a bit of quiet to think. And I've been thinking a lot about purpose recently and kind of going two different ways with it or having two different thought processes about it. So the first one, because I was sick and because my job is to be a homemaker, it can make me feel like I am not doing my job right or that I'm, you know, I I don't get reviews in my job. I mean, other than if I make a bad dinner and I get told that it didn't turn out very well, but it makes me feel like I'm underperforming. It makes me feel like uh, my quarterly review is going to be bad. It makes me feel like I am not doing what I should be doing if I'm not capable of like getting up and cleaning the house, making dinner, all that stuff like I normally would, or being the general support system to my partner. And while that is not a great thought process, especially when I physically could not do those things, it did give me some time to work on that because it is a mindset that I struggle with and not being good enough, not doing enough, yada, 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 especially with this being my job and there's not really a handbook for it, you know, because there really are no reviews, it is up to me to set the standards that I am going to meet. And in a way that can be really freeing. And it is and there is a lot of freedom in that to define it however I want to define it. But there is also this element of constantly trying to strive to be better. I I think I would have that push regardless of my occupation. But particularly in homemaking, I found that I see myself fall short a lot and it does give me room to work on things or it gives me that push to work on them. But being sick and being down for the count, I can't let my self-worth come from that if I am incapable of performing those tasks. And that is a really hard thing to do. That is a really tricky thing to untangle. But it really led me back to this thought process of purpose. What is my bigger purpose? So is my bigger purpose doing the laundry and doing the dishes and making dinner? No, that's not the goal of even homemaking itself. Like, yes, those are the things that need to get done. But the goal for me, at least, I'm only going to speak for me, is to have an inviting home, to be a hospitable person, to have a feeling in the house of ease and peace and comfort for those that come here, to support my partner, to be able to give him that ease of mind and and peace when he is at his home. And I can do all of those things without necessarily having the house spotless or without having dinner ready. It matters about my attitude, my attitude in sickness and in health. Am I an ornery, uh, non, uh, like refusing help type of person when I'm sick? The answer is yes. (laughs) And that's something that I am trying to work on. And this gave me a good opportunity to do that. I, I hate accepting help. I hate asking for help. 
Um, it, it brings up this anger in me and I don't really know exactly where that comes from, but that doesn't really matter because I get to work on it. Regardless of where it comes from, I get the opportunity to still be a kind, gentle, uh, the, the best version of myself that I can be, even in sickness, because just because I'm sick doesn't give me the right to treat everyone terribly. It doesn't give me the right to not try to be the best human I can be and to treat the people that I love with care and attention. So that that is the first thought process, the first narrative uh, where my mind took me during that. And um, the second one is something that was spurred on by an episode of On Patrol Live. It's kind of like Cops, but it's live. And it is my favorite show. I 100%. It's a show that I can watch and really turn my brain off. It's my version of reality TV. And it is very like surface level. I don't think very hard about it other than I'm excited when it comes on. But I was watching an episode last night and it was the most heart-wrenching situation that I've come across. And if it didn't make me think about purpose, I don't, I think I would have missed a huge opportunity for not only being able to talk about it here with y'all that are listening, but to be able to show you something really deep about people that may be struggling with alcoholism, addiction, depression, all of that. So there was this guy, they watched him make an illegal U-turn on a moped and they found him at a gas station. And immediately, you can tell when they go up to him, he's inebriated. Um, he's either on drugs or he is drunk at that point. And they're asking for his license. They're asking him some questions. He's completely not in this realm. Absolute, like, first, he wasn't even responding to the officer. He was on another planet and then was just kind of uncooperative, didn't want to answer questions. And we move away from that scene and go check out another department's uh situation. And then when we come back, some more cops have come up to the scene. They've got him in handcuffs because he doesn't have a license. He's going to go to jail for driving a vehicle while intoxicated. And they're just kind of questioning him, emptying out his pockets, all of that. And he suddenly gets this really somber look on his face. And I wrote it down because it, it, is ju- it strikes to the core for me of why I was always depressed, why I sought alcohol and drugs to make me feel better. And I'll say the quote and then we can kind of dive into it. He said, if you all would just give me a purpose, maybe one day I won't do shit like this anymore. And I immediately got chills after he said that. I mean, he's vacillated between not even being awake, basically, just a kind of zonked out zombie-like to kind of ornery and uncooperative. And suddenly he just says this with just the most sincere look on his face, staring directly at the cop. The cop's not paying attention at this point. He's booking this guy in. He's checking his pockets. He does not care what this man has to say. But if he did, I wonder if they would have gotten him the help that he needs. I wonder if they take that step in these type of situations. I wonder if they truly do offer these people help, like a rehabilitation center or something, or if they just stick them in jail and let them sober up and maybe give them a pamphlet on alcoholism or something. Because for me, the lack of purpose in my life 
is what led to all of my unhappiness for my entire life leading up to getting sober. I had no purpose. There were spurts of time where I did, maybe school, I thought school was my purpose, doing well, getting A's, that was my purpose. But then when I didn't do well and I got a B, I felt like, what was the point of living? Sometimes a romantic partner was my purpose in life, but then they're human. Eventually they will disappoint me. And when they did, I would question what is there to live for? And just this cycle repeated itself over and over, a job. But then if the job gets hard or I get a bad review, then what what am I living for? If I place my purpose solely on what I am doing, who I am with, or the goals that I'm trying to achieve uh, that are superficial in a sense, I will constantly be lacking a greater purpose in my life. So what do I mean by greater purpose? So what I mean for myself is I was going to continue to drink or to eventually kill myself if I did not find a purpose in life that was bigger than me, a reason for living that was not another human being or a job or an accolade or whatever. For me, being in recovery, being a a recovered alcoholic, my purpose in life is to help another alcoholic. In every move that I make, every day that I live on this earth, that is my big, big purpose. That is something that I am uniquely able and capable to do because I am a recovered alcoholic. So that was obviously very far into, well, not very far, but that was a good bit into my sobriety journey when I realized that that's that was there for me. And for most alcoholics, that is what is there for them. That is going to be one of their big purposes in life. My other one, and this developed slowly over time because I came into the program as an agnostic. I got sober as an atheist agnostic. And I mean, if you knew me prior to me getting sober, I'm sure that that is exactly what you would say about me. And if not, like vehemently opposed to religion because I just hadn't had a good experience. It was the people not the actual religion or God itself. And I was living a life that I knew any God would not be okay with. Uh, I, I didn't want to believe in God because I knew I would have to change if I did. And I didn't want to change until I had my bottom and had nowhere else to run and no more lies to say. And then at that point, I was willing to entertain the notion of God. And the more that I developed that relationship with a higher power. And I definitely, sorry, my sinuses are draining. I'm itching my nose. For those of you that are only listening, you get spared that. But I was very tepid with it at first. And I definitely only called it higher power for a really long time. It just had to be something that was bigger than me, had to be something greater than me. And nature was it for me at first. You know, I would go on a hike and I I felt something different. I would be alone. I remember Hanging Rock specifically, one hike that I took there, um, kind of in the middle of winter, probably not like the safest idea, but uh, there was just a storm. There was ice everywhere. There was icicles hanging from, you know, the rocks and there was ice on the ground and patches of like frozen little ponds as I was walking along. And I just remember like kind of jogging up to the top. I just felt this euphoric feeling of peace. Like no matter what, nothing else mattered. I was going to be okay. And that was probably the first time I'd ever felt that way. And that was my first encounter with a feeling of being comforted from a a power greater than myself. And that developed 
continually. It's still developing now. But the more that I developed that relationship, the more that I realized also is that is what my higher power wants for me is to be the best version of myself so that I can help other people. So whether that's another alcoholic, my partner, my family, whoever, someone at Harris Teeter, you know what I mean? Like I, and I, I feel like everyone is put on this earth to bring joy to others, to be a helpful spirit, to show up for the rest of humankind, and to do that in a way that is pleasant, to bring more joy into the world. And the more that I can get out of my own way and allow that to happen, the more that I am living that purpose, the more that I am refining, honing my spirit, who I am, the way that I act towards others, and getting that that little bit closer. Ever, I'll never achieve any kind of perfection. That is not the goal. But for me, it's a day over day, hour over hour, minute over minute, being better than I was the previous one. And that can be in very small ways. That can be one less sarcastic remark to my partner. That can be calling a relative or sending a birthday card or not cussing someone out while I'm driving or <laughs> letting someone with only one item go in front of me at Harris Teeter. It's, it is truly those small acts for me that make the biggest impact in how I perceive myself, how I feel about my self-esteem, how I feel about the rest of the world. And that particular purpose is what really makes me feel comforted now. So helping others, whether it's another alcoholic or the people around me, and being the better version of myself, being that, you know, 0.5% better than I was the day before. And that's really been something that I've been leaning on. I have been so disillusioned with the world and current events and all of that. I've recorded quite a few interviews in the past month to kind of get ahead and have those stacked because suddenly I had everyone that had availability. But through these conversations, it, it's just gotten me exhausted. I'm exhausted talking about it. I'm exhausted talking about people being terrible humans to other people. I'm exhausted thinking about people preying on children. I'm exhausted thinking about the strife and the division that exists in the world right now, I'm just tired, you know, and it it hurts me not just because it exists, because it's it has always existed and it will exist. People are going to disagree, but the extent to which I feel it now and that I'm aware of it and how much it affects everyone's lives and my life is just hard and mostly because I don't know where to go from here. That's the thought that's been kind of ruminating in my head is like, how do we get out of this? How do we, you know, press on the brakes and start caring about one another again? How do we have genuine conversations with other humans and not be worried that it's going to turn into a fight or that we're going to get assaulted or that we're going to get called nasty things because of our opinions? It It's very hard to, to, to think about that. And I've talked a lot about this with my sponsor, with my mentors and people in my life. And the only thing that I can do that anyone can do is show up and be the best version of themselves in those moments. You know, like that's what's going to affect the most change is you striving to be kind above all else, to respect other human beings 
And to be that level-headed, sane person in a conversation when that other human approaching you might not have had an experience with someone who doesn't yell back in their face when they disagree with them. And that's really, I mean, that's hard. That takes patience. That takes pausing. That takes just realizing that, and I love this saying, it doesn't matter if I am right. Most of the time, I don't care. I don't care what you think or believe. I love to have these conversations because I think it's really important for my own growth and for other people to maybe see the opposite side of a coin or for people to be exposed to both viewpoints and be able to make a decision for themselves because only you can make the choices for your own life. Only you can make your own opinions about things. And that requires that you think about it. It requires that you do the legwork and don't just get told what to believe. You have to decide what to believe. And that that's for every individual to make that choice. And it doesn't matter if I feel like I'm right. Because I think that's the trap that a lot of us can fall into, and me in particular. I feel very convicted about quite a few different opinions that I have. But at the same time, those are the opinions that I have. That is what is right for me. And I don't really care what someone else believes unless it impacts the laws being made about me or the people that I love. I don't care. You know, it's do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Because rarely do those two things coincide. So I'll say a low stakes example. Say me and, and I'm not good at practicing this. This is a huge area of growth for me. I'm definitely much better than I used to be, but this is something where I have a lot of room to grow in. But say my partner and I are having a, a discussion and we're disagreeing, but I feel so convicted that I am right. And if only he would see it my way, everything would be fine. And I just get so married to that outcome that when it doesn't happen or when the conversation gets going, it makes me angry. And I'm angry at this other human being who I love for no reason. Because why do I care if I'm right? Why do I care? What's going to change if I am right? He is very quick to tell me if I am, and he has previously said I wasn't. He is very good at that. I am less so good at that when the situation is reversed. Again, I have a lot of room to work on this. And it just kills me that I still fall into that trap of wanting to be right. Because that's an ego thing. That is fully my self-centeredness saying that I am better than you and I want you to know it. And it can't, you know, sometimes you don't think about it that far. Sometimes you just think, well, they're, it could be they're legitimately getting this particular fact wrong. Who cares? Unless you're doing a scientific equation where the house is going to blow up if you don't get this right. Like, why do I care? (laughs) Why do I care so much? The answer is my ego cares. The answer is it makes me feel good to be right. The answer is that is what I want to munch on instead of saying and making a true compromise with another human being and saying you might be right. You know, and even when I say you might be right, that's not me giving up my power. That's not me saying that you are right and I am wrong, you know. It's kind of like a sneaky way to to get away with acquiescing without actually admitting that I'm wrong. <laughs> but you might be right is a powerful sentence because why do I want to continue to create strife and harm this, like 
legit be nasty to somebody else over this idea that I want to be right? Why can I not just have the faith that if I lean on my conviction and I explain it in a kind, well-thought-out way, that person can make their own decision and decipher if it is right for themselves? Why is that so hard? You know, like, I don't need to shove it down anybody's throat. I, I just hope that the world, you know, the the world abroad and here at home, that we might be able to think about that a little bit more, to know that to convince someone comes from you explaining yourself well, obviously, but also giving that person the space to chew on it and not saying you must change your mind right now or you must believe as I believe or you're a terrible human. That is not how you affect change. That is not how you even have a good conversation. (laughs) That's not how you have a good debate. You know, I think back to like debate class, like that, that's not how this works. I, I have to make fair points when I can. And I also have to point out where they may be right. You know, if such a situation comes up, I have to be the bigger person to say, oh, I've never thought about it that way. That's really interesting. Let me think about that for a while. And not have to have all the answers either because it's another trap that I fall into is, you know, I'll just say something off the hip when I truly have no idea what I'm talking about. And that does not, again, that does not make a good point. <laughs> that does not do very much in the way of, of helping me to explain myself to another human being. Being able to say that I don't know it all, that I'm not sure <laughs> of something or a piece of data or whatever is okay. And to change your mind is okay. Like, God, I'm I'm so thankful for that because I would, looking back on who I've been before and the opinions that I've held before in my life, if I wasn't allowed the room and space to change and grow, I would have no one left near me. I would have no family. I would have no partner. I would have no friends because I was not a person worth knowing. I did not act in a way that is becoming of someone worth knowing. Let me put it that way. It was covered up with lack of purpose. And that came out as anger at everyone, as trying to drown that thought process out with alcohol and drugs or bad behavior. And the answer was there for me all along. I just had to be still enough to listen. I had to be willing enough to say, huh, maybe I am wrong. Maybe there is something bigger out there. Maybe the world doesn't revolve around me. Maybe there is a bigger purpose. Maybe it's more than this high school aptitude test of what job I should have when I graduate. Maybe my purpose is bigger than that. Maybe it means more than that. And everyone's journey is going to look different. At least I hope it does. That's kind of the point. And I am so grateful for everyone that shows up and gives their unique individual thought out opinion on this podcast and the videos. It is just so exciting for me to see the interactions in the comments. And thank you to everyone that has left a comment and or interacted with me on Instagram or any of the other platforms. It means so much to know that people are listening. And that's that's kind of it. I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude, not only to be not sick anymore, or at least mostly not sick, and to have a greater purpose in life. Um, it is one of the biggest gifts that I've ever been given. It cost a lot to get it, but it was well worth it. 
So thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for being a part of my bigger purpose. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye.